This is What's with Washington, where you ask the questions about our region, about the place we live, about your neighborhood, Anacostia, Prince George's County, Pentagon City, Woodley Park, Columbia Heights, and WAMU Answers. I'm a second generation Washingtonian. Ward 5. This is What's with Washington. I'm Michaela LaFrac. And in this episode, we're talking about local produce and farmers markets and climate change, but mostly produce. This question comes from Jude Graham, who lives in Navy Yard. Environmentalists claim that one way we can actively fight climate change is in our produce consumption habits. What are the DMV seasonal produce and is there a definitive guide to what we should buy at the supermarket or farmers market? It's a meaty question. And to answer it, we have tapped Esther Chamakili. She's a reporter and host in our newsroom. Hey, Esther. Hello, Michaela. Esther, what is exciting to you about this story? Why'd you volunteer to do this deep dive into D.C.'s produce scene? Well, I've done a couple of stories on agriculture in the DMV recently, and I find that the more I do these stories on farms and agriculture, the more my inner farmer begs to come out. Does your inner farmer have a name? Sally. We'll just (laughs) call her Sally for now. And I really feel like deep inside, I am a farmer at heart, (laughs) but I hate yard work. Oh, no. I hate it. I would be perfectly happy living in an apartment building up the street from this building that you don't need to buy a lawnmower or or pull weeds or anything like that. Okay, so it sounds like you're in the perfect profession then. So you can talk to farmers as much as you want, but you don't actually have to get your hands dirty. Exactly, and I really enjoy learning about where our food comes from. Awesome. So our listener wants to know about seasonal produce that you can buy in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, how? Where do we start? How do we answer this question? Well, before I answer that question, Michaela, I want to play a little game with you. I have a little pop quiz. Oh, God. Okay? So here's how it's going to work. I will say a fruit or a vegetable. Okay. And then, Michaela, you will guess whether that fruit or vegetable can be grown here in the DMV. Okay. And then I, I get points, I assume. And then you get I would points. Like points. You get points at the end, and then your your ultimate prize is um, coming away with the, the knowledge that you really understand how local produce works here in the DMV. Uh, okay. I mean, it's really, in, it's more of an internal prize, but it it's... It's very yeah, important. I, w- I mean, I would have preferred a trophy, but I'll go with it. Okay, right. let's do it. Maybe I can pull up a trophy for you That'd somewhere. That'd be great. All Thank right. you. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Cucumbers. I'm going to say yes, they can be grown here. Kale. Also yes. Avocados. No. No, that's no. Mm-mm. Pawpaws. Oh, definitely. What about beets? Beets, root vegetable, I would say yes. I think they'd be quite comfortable here. Now I have bonus questions for you. Okay. So can you tell me what season you can find these vegetables? That's rude. Oh, man. Okay. Let's start with cucumbers. Cucumbers. Fall. No, it's summer. Okay. Kale. Fall. Fall. Yes. (laughs) Correct. Correct. All right. Beets. Winter. And fall. <laughs> Beets are a fall vegetable. Yes. Great. So they come out usually around the harvest. In fact, you can actually find a lot of root vegetables during the fall. Great. So now, Michaela, you did very well. I mean, it's, it's really hard. I mean, if you're not like a farmer or someone, it you is know, hard. who works yeah. in produce, you're, you, you know, it's it's difficult. And that's really what we're here. We're a- here to answer this question. You asked me a lot of questions about the seasons, and I don't totally understand 
why it's so important to buy things in season versus just getting what you get at a supermarket. So basically, if you're buying seasonal vegetables, so right now we're in November. So if you were to go to a farmer's market, you Mm -hmm. would find root vegetables, potatoes, radishes, beets. You'd also find a lot of lettuces, collards, kales. Um, Most of those are seasonal. They Mm -hmm. come out in the fall and kind of carry over a little bit into the winter. If you're buying seasonally, that means you're buying local because anything that you're going to find at a local farmer's market is being grown by those farmers at that time. Okay, so it sounds like you could buy a ton of stuff that is grown locally, but you just have to um, give up certain things you might want at certain parts of the year if you're really committed to buying things that are local and in season. Exactly. Okay, so that's something that that our listener that I'll have to decide for myself. Like, do I want to be hyper-local and buy things only from, you know, farmers within the, the DMV, or do I want to buy stuff that's from, like, the eastern seaboard, like up to Pennsylvania. Exactly. And some, there are uh, a couple of people that I spoke to for my story who think that um, local includes the entire Chesapeake Bay watershed and all six states that it touches from New York to Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware. So anything that the Chesapeake Bay watershed touches is considered local at, at to to some uh, purveyors of produce. The thing that just popped in my head was that scene from The Lion King where he's sitting on the rock and he goes, <laughs> everything the light, everything touches, the is light yours. touches is my what kingdom. What about that dark shadowy spot? We don't talk North about Carolina. that. North Carolina. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. So you can be a little bit looser with what you call local and, and you know have a 250-mile radius. Or I'm guessing a lot of people try to keep that radius really, really small, right? Are there some diehards that, that you met? Yes, actually. I visited a, a restaurant that actually has really worked hard to maintain a relationship with farmers within Maryland and, and Virginia. I went to a Rake's Progress in whoa, Adam... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just go to a Rake's Progress because that food is delicious or because this was an actual part of your story? It was actually a part of my story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was there before they opened and so like they I mean they weren't even prepping the vegetables okay, yet they were still coming off of the truck as I got there so yeah I didn't get to try anything all right so we have uh, so those are what are those these are uh, purple top turnips we got some cilantro we got some joy choy we got some uh, Tokyo bengtana um, we have some broccoli um, some parsley and then we have a, a few different mushrooms from uh, King mushroom on the eastern shore wow those um, are beautiful yeah they're crazy right so that is Chef Opie Crooks. Uh, he is the executive chef at A Rake's Progress. And his whole shtick uh, is to cook only with ingredients sourced from within the food system. So basically, no lemons for acid, no avocados, everything straight from a farmer. Wow. So so Rake's Progress remind me, I used to live close to it in Adams Morgan. It's a like, very nice restaurant. Um, and it sounds like the the chefs there have a really, really specific idea of what local means. Yes. And the most important part about that is not just sourcing these local ingredients, but this building of relationships with farmers, that community building, and really maintaining that relationship with these local growers. And I mean, I think anyone in the restaurant business will tell you that the better relationship you have with a farmer, uh, the better produce you're going to get from them. So I want to I want to see these farmers. I want to get out in the world. Should we should we go to a farmers market see it for ourselves? Yeah, let's do it. So we are at the Fresh Farm Market in Foggy Bottom. Okay. Uh, right off of 23rd 
and I love it. Oh, this looks like a good lineup. Yeah, this is a great selection. Hi, how are you? Hello. Uh, my name is Eric de Guzman. I'm owner-operator of Dicot Farm, along with my wife, Megan Ockel. Uh, we're in Waldorf, Maryland. And I see you have uh, some root vegetables here. You got sweet potatoes. Look at this sweet potato. You have, that is a weird it's one. It's folded in on itself, you know, like a little baby. Yeah. It's curled up like a fetus. It's curled up like a fetus, it is. So appetizing. Little fetus sweet potato. What are your best sellers in this season, like in fall, early winter times? Um, we still sell a lot of salad greens. We sell a lot of salad greens all year round. Kale is up and down. Sometimes people are totally over kale, and then sometimes they remember that they really like it, and then everybody buys it all at once. So it's really, really hard to tell. Um, like we're trying not to be trendy, but we still love it. Yeah, it's like, it's like an old friend. What do you consider local? If you are as a consumer, what do you? How do you define local? Oh, uh, for me personally, maybe two or three hours. The, the important thing is. Um, having a relationship with your farmer and, and telling or being able to talk to them about how their produce is grown and um, you know what kind of challenges they, they have. And farming's really hard and especially the kind of farming we try to do. Uh, we're small scale. A lot of things that we do small scale is really hard to, to produce uh, products that are really easy to produce at a large scale, like carrots for instance. Uh, it's really, really expensive for us to produce carrots. But in a grocery store, it's one of the cheapest things that you can get. Um, but we're trying to do it in a way that um, is good to the land and, and uh, gives, gives you the you know, most nutrient-dense uh, food that you can get. Um, but you wouldn't know that unless you spoke to me about it. You know? So key takeaway from the farmer's market, he actually said a lot of the things that we have just been talking about. I think first and foremost, it's important to get to know the farmers. Talk to the farmers if you go to farmers markets on a regular basis. Get to know the people that are growing your food and they love to talk to customers. Any questions that you might have, um, you know, about how, you know, their growing practices, how they grow, sustainability efforts, what are they doing to mitigate climate change? They're more than happy to share these, uh, this, uh, this, their work with you. So that's our takeaway numero uno. Talk to the people you buy produce from about their growing practices. Get to know them. Coming up after the break, Esther takes her produce fact-finding mission to the next level. Hi, it's Diane. The next meeting of my book club is on Wednesday, May 31st at 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll host a discussion of Mad Honey by Jody Pico and Jennifer Finney Boylan, followed by a conversation with the authors. Find out more and register at dianereem.org slash book club. Hey, it's Esther Chalmakili. Listener support matters here at WAMU. Becoming a member strengthens these great new projects like What's With Washington and lets us know that you want more. Click the link in the show notes to make a gift today, and thank you. So Esther, we're back from the break. Hello. Hello. And I hear that you went all the way out to a farm. Why Why did you decide that was an important part of your reporting? Well, because the root of this what's with Washington question is about climate change, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I wanted to go out to one of these farms and talk to the farmers to see how they're trying to fight climate change. That's awesome. I feel like I, I really respect your solutions-oriented approach to this reporting, Esther. Thank you, Michaela. Very admirable. So where did you go? Who'd you talk to? Tell me everything. I met Stacy Carlberg. She manages the farm at Sunnyside in Washington, Virginia, about an hour and a half from D.C., or about 75 miles from our office here okay. on Connecticut Avenue. And we actually hopped on a golf cart and we drove around a portion of the 15-acre Sunnyside farm. Okay. Um, I mean, we could look at crops first. And then sure. Stacy kind of went over a lot of their sustainability practices with me, and a lot of it has to do with soil health. If you're organic, it doesn't mean that you don't spray pesticides. There are organic pesticides you can use. But our growing philosophy, we don't really want to use those. Um, so that's why we really focus on the soil health and soil fertility. Cool. That's so smart of them. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting process. So this is a little bit of how it works. So the chickens they have, they have 400 chickens. Oh, my God. Chicken city. It is. <laughs> and I met most of them. They all came to the fence and said hello and introduced <laughs> themselves. They're wonderful ladies. Did you get so much chicken tape? I have a lot of chicken tape. They're eating weed seeds. They're mowing down the cover crop. They're eating bugs. They're depositing their poop, which is a great fertilizer for us. The, the nitrogen in there allows us to not have to apply other fertilizer. And they're just really part of the team. <laughs> and they feel important. Yeah. You can tell just by how they're ladies. How they, they came running up here. Just <laughs> right. like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we know you're being interviewed, and we want to be on the radio. We want to be on NPR, too. <laughs> I love Ari Shapiro. <laughs> so it's a really interesting process, how they use the chickens. And Stacy kind of explained a little bit of it there. How it works is they have these two chicken coops. All 400 chickens live in these two chicken coops. Okay. And they're portable. So basically, huh. when, when the, the farmers at Sunnyside are ready to mow down a cover crop, okay. they will put the chickens in the coop and move them overnight. So oh, they they, that's so smart. they put the chickens in the coop at night and then they move them early, early in the morning. Okay. And then they put up a fence around that cover crop and then they open the doors and the chickens just wander out and it's like a brand new day. They go and hog brand wild. New, and they go crazy. Uh, this um, particular clip that you heard there, they were actually eating this uh, new cover crop that they were using. Stacy said they're using mustard, uh, mm. and the chickens were just loving it. Man, the circle of life. So another practice that the farm at Sunnyside um, implements to kind of mitigate climate change and keep the soil healthy is something called crop rotation. So you don't want to grow the same crops in the same area year after year. That mm -hmm. could really just damage the soil and doesn't give it a chance to kind of diversify the nutrients and everything that takes place in there to keep plants that do grow in there healthy and happy. So we map it out every year and we make sure that there's um, two or three years between each family of crops in any given field. But you'll grow these somewhere mm -hmm. else yep. next year. Yep. Yeah. So you'll still so it's like a big jigsaw puzzle in the spring of like, oh, the brassicas were here, the solanaceous family was here, cucurbits were here, and we just need to move them around and make sure they weren't in the same place. So one season they might grow, you know, uh, kales and collards and and cauliflower and broccoli in this one area, and then they the next season they'll move that 
to a different area and grow something else where all that kale and collards used to grow the season before. And after they have done that a couple of times, they will rest the soil by planting the cover crops. So it does sound like she's been super thoughtful about how her farm can help mitigate climate change, just like our question asker was wondering. But back to the actual like buying of produce, knowing me, I'm going to forget like half of the things that you told me next time I'm actually needing to buy food. So so where can I look for for guidance in the future? Yes, actually, we found some really good resources online. Uh, Maryland, Virginia and D.C. all put out these charts that show you what vegetables grow here and when you can find them. They're actually incredibly helpful. But what I'm doing is I'm actually putting together our own WAMU guide what? so you don't have to go searching for all of those individually because they all pretty much say the same thing. I mean, all the soil around here is, for the most part, it's it's pretty similar. And you can grow pretty much, you know, what you can grow in Virginia, you can pretty much grow in Maryland and vice versa. Um, so I'm putting together kind of a one-stop shopping place where uh, people can go and find out what grows here, and when you can find it. And then the second part of this question was, is it important to buy at farmer's markets versus in big supermarkets? And it sounds like it is really important. It's important to get to know your farmers and learn about their growing practices because some of them are more helpful than others in, in mitigating climate change, right? Definitely. I mean, you know, if you go to a grocery store to buy produce, there's not going to be a farmer standing there waiting to answer your questions. Uh, and most likely, uh, they're the person stocking produce, they might know some stuff, but they're probably not going to know a lot about like the growing practices of specific farms. Whereas if you go to a local farmer's market and buy directly from that farmer who plucked it out of the ground the day before, they can tell you everything you want to know about that vegetable, how it was grown, um, their efforts to mitigate climate change, and what you as a consumer can continue to do in your efforts to lower your carbon footprint. Before you go, can you do your best chicken impression for me? You're still rolling, aren't you? <laughs> We've got more resources for what is and isn't in season at our website, wamu.org slash what's with. This episode was produced by Ponzi Rutch, Patrick Fort, Ruth Tam, Julia Karen, and me, Michaela Lefrac. Our theme music is by Ben Privet. Sound mixing by Natalie Yurov Livker. You can browse the many questions that we've answered at our website, wamu.org slash what's with, or submit a question yourself. We would love to hear from you. WAMU's general manager is JJ Yore. Andy McDaniel oversees all the content we make here. If you love What's With Washington, tell a friend. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Michaela Lefrac. See you next time.